Before Shopify, were you wondering, where my sales at? Now you're selling with Shopify, the global commerce platform supercharging your selling. You have no problem selling online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Gary, easy on the cha-ching. <clears throat> oh, sorry, but my Shopify sales are through the roof. Start selling with Shopify today and discover how millions of businesses around the world use Shopify to ignite their selling. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Shopify.com slash listen. Margarita, cause my girl she's a pleaser. Cooked up, gonna keep her. Hell no, I wouldn't leave her. Mix out Margarita. You may have caught this song on your Spotify Beach Vibes playlist. Or it might be brand new to you. Or you might be like John Senning and an early enlister in the elevators. We are both loco for their new album, Castles. I recommend that you check it out. More than just reggae, it's musical eclecticism that's easy to listen to. Is that fair to say, John? I think so, yeah. They have taken the, uh, I would say it's a genre buster. Not, uh, you know, the crunchy, dubbed out reggae vibes all the way around. They're there, but there's range. I love the renaissance of reggae music. For older cats like me, there were, hell, decades where we just didn't get any really good new reggae, right? I mean, I grew up on Bob Marley and Peter Tosh, Jimmy Cliff, Pato Bantan. But then for decades, other than the theme song from Cops done by Inner Circle, you didn't really have any good new reggae. But man, within the last... 10 years or so, there are so many damn good artists out there making soulful sounds based upon the stylings of classic reggae and even bringing it into the new millennium. The lead singer of Elevators is a dude named Jackson. And if I'm not mistaken, he's on our phone right now. What's up, Jackson? What's up, y'all? How we feeling? Feeling, Iremon. How you feeling? Feeling good, man. Just uh, pulled into Raleigh, North Carolina for our show tonight. That's a nice part of the good. Country. That's beautiful. Where are you guys playing in Raleigh tonight? place called The Poor House. Oh, I know The Poor House. John, didn't you go to The Poor House in South Carolina? Yeah, I think there is one in uh, South Carolina as well I went to a few months ago. Excellent, man. Uh, well, dude, yeah, you, you guys are... Charleston, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Our boys, little stranger, uh, you know, rep that area. Um, you guys, Jackson, love are headed them. down here for. Wait, did you say you love them? You love little stranger? Oh, those are the serious homies, bro. I was just hanging out with them a week ago. Oh man, I will tell you what. Uh, those guys, we fell in love with them in a manly kind of way. Uh, we went down to the Sugar Shack sessions. Uh, we were invited blind. We had no idea who or what little stranger was all about, but we went to their taping. And they're one of those bands that once you see them, they immediately become one of your favorite bands, if not two of your favorite human beings, right? 100%. Yeah. John and Kevin are the best. They really are. A lot of magnetism there for sure. Now, let's get this out of the way. This is very important. Uh, Elevators are playing 
uh, October twentieth, John. Right? Yeah. Well, they're they're so we're going to give away tickets to their Coco show. Okay. Uh, but locally here, you'll be able to catch them on Saturday at Reggae Rise Up. Uh, that's the twenty third. So get your tickets for Reggae Rise Up. Uh, they're on Saturday, and then we'll have some tickets to their show on the twentieth in Coco uh, after the interview. And that's with Tribal Seeds and Badfish. Uh, you guys are very well received in Florida, I'm sure. Right, Jackson? Yeah, man, it's been beautiful. Every time we go down there, the crowds just keep building. Um, it's an incredible feeling. Something about the vibe at a reggae show that is something completely different from any other type of music. You don't see fights. Uh, you don't see a lot of uh, toxic masculinity anywhere. <laughs> it's just a bunch of like-minded individuals uh, enjoying uh, enjoying music, right? Absolutely. People just trying to chill and have a good time. That's what we're all about. Tell me about when things started to percolate for you, like when you guys saw yourself uh, jumping to that next level. Because I know you guys have been around since 2014. Uh, when did you really feel that the wave start to crest for you guys, Jackson? Well, yeah, we started in uh, 2014, and we immediately knew we wanted to do like all original music and just do it, do it proper. So we just pushed and pushed and pushed, and I think around 2018, maybe, we started recording our uh, second album, Defy Gravity. And at that time, um, Reed Foster, our now manager, was having lunch on one of our off days with our producer. And uh, so our producer, Danny Cobb, was talking about us, and Reed was like, man, I keep hearing about these guys. Maybe we'll put the album out under Root Fire. So... We we went through the steps of putting it out under root fire, and then Reed at the end of it said, "Hey, you want to be it's going to be signed to Ineffable? I think there's a case to be made there." So uh, obviously we jumped right on under the Ineffable Music Family team, and um, it's really been smooth sailing since then, man. They're awesome. Good. I, I love hearing good people doing great things, and that's definitely Jackson and the Elevators. John, what do you have for the Elevators playing Reggae Rise Up, as well as a gig in Cocoa Beach on October 20th? Jackson, so this new album is a, is a masterpiece. It's beautiful, and it's definitely got a bit more range, like we started off saying. When you guys sit down and start writing this album, is that a conscious decision to say, hey, we want to step out and bring a little bit different sound, or is it just as, this, as the songwriting process comes together, you realize what you have sitting before you is just something a little different? Yeah, great question. Um, it's a little bit of both of those. Um, I do a lot of the writing. I did a lot of the writing at home. Um, and so some of those songs naturally are a little more folky, less like pure reggae. And, um, so basically just bring a ton of, ton of songs to the table. And when we get into the studio, we start trying to figure out how to make them into full band songs on this album. Actually, we wrote a couple songs in studio, which is pretty new for us. We wrote, um, actually Margaritas, Be All Right, Criminal and Moon all while at the studio in Oakland. And, um... Those were all songs that just kind of came together, like, you know, near the end of a day, it'd be like 10 o'clock at night, and we'd be playing like a guitar riff or have an idea, and we would immediately just go into the studio and start building the song from the ground up. Nice. And um, Margaritas was actually happened, I was making Margaritas for Johnny Cosmic and myself, <laughs> um, and Johnny was playing that riff, that thing in the background while making Margaritas. And I just started going, mix up the margarita. Like, just feeling like, oh, man, that's kind of catchy. So I ran and I grabbed Cosmic. And uh, 
we started laying down that song and writing writing all the rest of the lyrics that night. Dude, that's so awesome. That is legit. We're talking to Jackson from the Elevators. You can catch him in Ormond Beach on the 21st, Jupiter the 22nd, here in St. Pete on the 23rd, and they're going to be in Miami on the 24th. Uh, Jackson, the list of features on this album is pretty damn special. You've got The Movement, Stick Figure, Brother Ali, uh, even G-Love. Do you guys sit down and make a wish list of all the people you want to be on this album? Is that how uh, you, know, you, you start figuring out who will actually make the album? Totally, yeah. It's like a song-by-song basis, pretty much. We'll listen to a song. We'll decide, does it need a feature? And then we start trying to put our heads together. Who do we think would sound good on each of the songs? And um, so, yeah, I mean, we're super stoked with everybody that hopped on. Tez Namdi as well. He was um, just, what a beautiful two verses he put on my friend. We we actually thought he was just going to lay one verse down. And he sent over two verses, and they were both so good that we couldn't get rid of either of them so we just kept them both (laughs) how good does it feel when you see artists outside the realm of reggae uh embracing you guys i know buffett's team put you guys on his serious channel kenny chesney did the same thing that's got to speak to the universal appeal of what you do when it comes to uh musicianship and uh resonating with an audience right yeah i mean that's that's probably our biggest goal that we're we would love to see achieved um trying to get on tour with someone like them trying to keep things you know universal enough where reggae fans can love us where we can be on all the reggae family festivals and stuff like that but maybe trying to appeal to a little bit wider of an audience too yeah and you're definitely achieving that uh jackson in the elevators coming to reggae rise up uh, as well as gigs throughout Florida within the next couple of weeks. Sean? I learned something this morning, Jackson, when I was reading about you, that you were formally trained in opera at a young age. How do you how do you go from the world of opera uh, to the reggae vibes? What age did that happen, and, and how did it happen? Mm. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I, uh, I grew up listening to reggae and old like, classic rock and soul and stuff like that. So I've always been a big reggae fan. My dad used to play... All, all of his old reggae records um, on, on his vinyl player when we were growing up doing chores on Saturday and Sundays. So, uh, and then the, the, the vocal training, um, when I was young, a couple of my choir teachers heard my voice and thought it was something special. And so they recommended I get some vocal training. And um, luckily there was a lady named Gwen Souza in my hometown who was an incredible opera teacher. And um, she accepted me as a student. And yeah, it was probably like three or four years I was doing uh, weekly lessons with her. And then when it came time to apply to colleges, I actually got almost a full ride to a uh, state school in Massachusetts for vocal performance, primarily in like Italian opera. And uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not like, I don't like listen to opera really. I'm not like a huge <laughs> lover of opera. Right. But um, I mean, I respect it. I definitely was always, you know, writing music and in like reggae rock bands all through high school though. You guys have been described as warm weather reggae out of one of the coldest places in the country. I was raised in Framingham, Mass, <laughs> and I definitely remember the bone, oh, nice. bone chilling weather up there. Blizzards would shut the town down. Uh, what do you think it was about reggae, other than your dad's influence, that really spoke to you? And what was the audience like? Like, do you guys draw great crowds in your hometown? I'm, I'm sure you do now, but did you starting out? Um, yeah, so I would say it's kind of like where what your community is into, right? Yeah. Like the uh, high, high school I went to, Duxbury, um, 
everybody was just into Bob Marley. Everybody was into like all the old reggae stuff. Uh, Slightly Stupid was one of the biggest bands everyone listened to. I mean, I woke up to Slightly Stupid every morning. Um, Sublime. It was just kind of like part of my hometown's culture. And um, having grown up with it, it was just kind of a natural, you know, uh, door for me to walk through as far as my musical style. And, um, yeah, wait, what was the second question you had? <laughs> just what kind of crowds you guys drew? Like, uh, like what you know, like you said, oh, it, right. it's the community, though, you know? Yeah, so we were kind of strategic about this. Nick and I got together one night and decided we wanted to start a reggae band. And we wanted to kind of create a super group, uh, people that were young, that were already in semi-popular bands, and that definitely wanted to tour, had no real hang-ups. And so right out of the gate, we had interest just like locally. You know, a lot of people that were fans of all of our other projects heard we were all kind of creating one, you know, bigger band. And so just like, you know, local bars, local clubs in our hometown, Plymouth, stuff like that, Marshfield, Mass. Um, you know, we're selling out little clubs like that. And, yeah, and then, you know, a couple years of touring without any real success, just trying to clock in some hours out there on the road. Mm-hmm. And then you just slowly start seeing the numbers get bigger and bigger and start using the right producer, and the numbers even get bigger than that. So it's just been kind of a natural natural growth. Hell yeah. Jackson, I, I, I keep my eyes on the Elevator's Instagram account, and I see that you take the Blackstone grill out on tour. Are you firing up the grill tonight, and what's for dinner? Um, not tonight. Yeah. No, we're right next to a, uh, like a dim sum place. So I think oh. we're going to be getting some of that. Oh, but, that's yeah. language. You are speaking my language, bro. Dim sum, <laughs> it, 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 to me, the fact that dim sum isn't more embraced by people in our country is one of our greatest national embarrassments other than Tom Hanks' kid. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's just because they haven't tried the soup dumplings yet, dude. Once dude. they try it, their minds will expand. But, um, yeah, no, I've been cooking for the boys a lot. We try and do, like, a uh, – trying to keep it healthy. We do, like, a big salad every night, and then I just kind of pick a protein, whether it's chicken, steak, you know, fish, shrimp, whatever. Do you and we, uh, uh, cook it up on the Blackstone. Do you hate cleaning your Blackstone? Because I got one thinking it was going to be the greatest thing on earth, and I hate cleaning it so much. I'm just ready to eat, but i got to spend 15 minutes cleaning it. Well, no, I don't. I don't necessarily hate it. You just dump water on it while it's hot, <laughs> scrape all the crap into the back, and <laughs> I need to try that. I need to yeah. try that. I don't know if this is a secret, but um, we're we're in pretty good with Eddie from Sugar Shack. Is there going to be a pop up elevators Sugar Shack?